Well, hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Welcome, everybody here in the congregation. Welcome, everyone on social media. It's, it's good to be back. Last week, I, uh, I wasn't here. I was uh, preaching at the St. Louis Dream Center. Uh, I had an invitation to preach there, and, and that, uh, that is, uh, that, that's a, a church that Joyce Meyer has over in, in the, the, uh, uh, the city in that area. And so I got to preach there last week and that was a wonderful blessing for me. I trust I was a blessing to the congregation there. But anyway, I'm back here today. So, hey, uh, let's go to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse. I'm gonna read that in the New International Version. And the Bible says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so I'm just going to share a message here today just to encourage everyone who's listening not to give up. Just don't give up. You know, um, when you're doing good, it's uh, real easy to become weary in that. The Bible just said it and warned us and said, don't become weary in doing good. Because you see, in the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up and quit. See, a lot of people do good and do good and do good for a long time and they never see any results of that. Um, and, uh, but, but the Bible said if we won't give up and quit, there will come a time where we will reap a harvest from it. And uh, just reading from my notes here, uh, you know, I'm just going to read from my notes. You know, you know people pursue God. Now, I've watched this over the many years of pastoring, almost three decades, really over three decades. And they pursue God and they get his plan for their life. And they work very hard to achieve that plan. And, and, and they find out what God wants them to do and they, they, they do it with all their heart. But at a certain point, they become fatigued, tired. You know, when you, when you, you do what God wants you to do, it's, it's not all a, a bowl of cherries doing what God wants you to do. It's not all just sunshine and rainbows and lollipops serving God. Now, sad to say, American Christianity, which is a long way really from true biblical Christianity in these days, you know, you hear people, preachers preach and they'll paint serving God as, uh, you know, a lot of them, it's just lollipops and rainbows and everything's wonderful and you're always going to get what you want. And, but the biblical Christianity isn't, isn't that way. I mean, God will bless you, but serving God is not all just a bed of roses. It's not just living in a rose garden. You know what I mean? What did Lynn Anderson, that country singer from yesteryear, I think she was a one-hit wonder. You know what that is? She had one big hit. I, I never promised you a rose garden. I beg your pardon, never promised you a rose garden, you know? You know, I mean, I, I, and I don't want to paint out here that serving God is drudgery. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing. But, but you look at the people of the Bible that served God, and, uh, you know, you, you look at, at, at Daniel. Now, I don't have this in my notes, but I can talk about it. Look at Daniel. What did he get for serving God? He got a lion's den, didn't he? What did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get for serving God? They got a fiery furnace, right? What did Jeremiah get for serving God? He wound up in a, in a cistern in a well down in the, down in the ground. Is, is that right? 
And, 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 and what did Isaiah get for serving God? He got put into a hollow log and sawed in half. Is that right? And that's the Old Testament. We could go on and on. You come over to the New Testament. What did, what did the Apostle Peter get for serving the Lord? He got, he got crucified upside down on a cross. Is that right? What did the Apostle Paul get for serving God? He wound up getting his head chopped off. And he had all kinds of perils. Now, I'm painting one side of the coin here now. Okay? But now let's paint the other side of the coin. What did these men get eternally? Wonderful blessing, wonderful blessing, wonderful blessing, wonderful blessing. Wonderful, is that right? Wonderful, 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 wonderful blessing. The Apostle Paul said that a crown of righteousness was laid up for him. And, and, and you know, in Paul's life, you know, there were times, I mean, let's just look at him. And, and you, know, I, I, you know, I don't want to paint a, a, a sorry picture. I mean, you know, the Apostle Paul, he said, I, I've learned how to be abased and I've learned how to abound. He said, you know, I've had, there's times where I had a lot and times I didn't have much. When you serve God, that's, that's the way it goes. And uh, it's not all a bed of roses, but there are great blessings in the Bible. Jesus talked about if we'll serve God and, and, and give of ourselves to him that we'll reap now in this time, you know, here now. And he'll bless us in the here and now. But the true blessing comes later on in, 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 in eternity, you see. And uh, but but I've watched so many people that they, they find out what God wants them to do and they, they do it with all of their heart, but in the process of time, they become fatigued. They, 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 back to my notes here, they become tired, exhausted, if you will, and, and, and they just go for years really serving God, doing what God wants them to do, and they just feel like they can't ever get across that finish line. Have you ever felt like you just can't get across the finish line, you know? And, and things aren't going the way that you think that they should as you've served the Lord. You know, again, I want to say it. a lot of times people think, well, I'm going to serve the Lord and everything's just going to just go smoothly and wonderfully and fantastically. Well, let's talk about the Apostle Paul again. He served the Lord and you can read it in the Corinthians how he had one peril right after the next, you know, one tough time right after the next. But, you know, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will what? Deliver him out of them all. I mean, so there's great victory in serving God along with with tough times, too. You know, and what I'm trying to say is American Christianity pretty much paints all the good stuff. But we must understand that the biblical Christianity, there's the good stuff, but there's also the trying stuff. You need to understand that. And so, but it, when you're serving God, I mean, you can become tired and, and beat down and worn out and, 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 and lose your motivation. Has anybody in here ever lost their motivation besides me? And you just feel like, how can I go another day? How can I do this another day? How can I do this another week? You know? Um, if you've never had that feeling, I'll guarantee you this, you really don't have the plan of God for your life. Now that came out by the Spirit of God. I didn't intend to say that. But if you've never felt these things serving God, I don't think you really have the plan of God for your life. Because when you serve God, you're going to have some difficulties. You're going to have some trying times. And if you're living your life and you've never, ever felt like this, you need to check up and find out if you really have the plan of God for your life. Because if you really have the plan of God for your life, yes, there's going to be days of, of just 
you know, filled up, running over, overflowing, all of that. But there's also going to be some days like what I'm talking about here. Where you just, how can I go? How can I do this another day? Um, but it's real easy to lose your motivation as you are walking out your God-given assignment. And uh, many people, I've watched this over the years and I've been there myself, you're just, you get to a point sometimes where you're ready to just shuck it all in, you know, just, you know, just turn loose of it, give up and quit. I don't mean walk away from the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walking away from the assignment that he's given you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about forsaking the Lord Jesus, but I'm talking about forsaking the thing that he's told you to do because it's too, it's too hard, it's too difficult. I think of Jeremiah. He got to this point. He got, and many in the Bible did, but he got to this point. And he said, you know, I've had enough. He said, I'm here speaking what God once said. And we've got all these, putting it in my own words now, we've got all these feel-good prophets over here telling everybody what they want to hear and tickling their ears. And I'm here telling, telling the people what God is saying. And he said, I'm done. He said, I've had enough. Now, he wasn't going to walk away from the Lord. But he said, I'm done. He said, I'm not going to preach anymore in the name of the Lord. Do you remember him saying that? He said, I'm, I've had it. He, he, he winds up down in a cistern. He has the king burning his prophecies. And he's, he's a real prophet of God. And these feel-good guys are over here telling everybody what they want to hear. And everybody's flocking around them, you know. And, and, and he, said, he said, I've had enough. He said, I'm done. He said, you know, essentially, I love the Lord, but I'm finished. I'm done. I'm not going to preach anymore in his name. But then he made another statement. He said... He said, there's fire shut up in my bones. And he said, I can't contain it. And he rose up and he continued with what God told him to do. Thank God for that fire shut up in, in our bones. And you know, if you're really doing what God has told you to do, there will be Holy Ghost fire shut up in your bones. There really will be. And, and, uh, and, and what the Bible is telling us here in Galatians 6, 9 is don't become weary in doing good. Don't become weary. It's real easy to do, but don't become weary in doing good. But, but just yield to that fire that's in your bones that, that, that you, that, that God has there. You got that fire in there when He gave you your assignment. And don't let that fire wane. You know, don't let it wane. Keep it stirred up. And if you stay, stay with it. Stay with what God wants you to do. And, uh, you know, you'll reap in the proper time if you won't give up and quit. And, um, uh, and I think these are some good words that I think all of us need to hear. And uh, everybody out on social media, anybody who's ever served God at all needs to hear what I'm saying here today. Don't give up and quit. For if you won't give up and quit, you will reap. And you won't necessarily reap every Friday. You won't necessarily reap at the end of the month, end of the year, or end of, end of the decade. But eventually, you'll reap. And, and God will bless you back and uh, so on and so forth. But, but so, so with that being said, I just want to say, say this. And if I have a title for this, I would just title it, Don't Stop on Six. You say, what do you mean, don't stop on six? Well, just what I said, don't stop on six. 
Don't stop on six. You know, six is the number of man in the Bible. And it has to do with man's doing or man's power, human, human being's power. But seven is the number of God's completion. And the number, I guess, of his power. And, and, uh, and so, you know, and, and think about the number six. Now, I used to be a math teacher, you know, but you don't need to understand calculus to get this one. What number is just short of seven? Well, it's six, isn't it? That's, that's easy. I give you a, a, a for today and a gold star. But you know, many people get the plan of God. And, and they start walking it out and doing it and, and then they become weary and fatigued and then they, they, they stop and they stop on six. Well, I'm here today to tell you, don't stop on six. We want to go on to seven. Okay. And, and, and I'll give you some examples. Let's go to Joshua, the sixth chapter. Some examples here from the Bible to back up my title here. Don't stop on six. If you go to, that's a good title, isn't it? I like that title. Don't stop on six. Uh, but in Joshua, the sixth, cha- <laughs> the sixth chapter, uh, you know, Jericho was, remember the city of Jericho? It was that, 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 that well fortified city and the people of God were coming through and that was the first city that they had to conquer in order to get into the promised land, you know? And, and, uh, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. You men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you'll do for how many days? For six days. Six days. And uh, and and the seven priests shall bear seven, a lot of sevens in here, trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. Lots of sevens there. And the priests shall blow the trumpets and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all the people shall shout with a great shout then, if you're taking notes or you have your Bible, you'd underline then, then the wall of the city will fall flat. And that's exactly what happened. But here's the point I want to get across to you today. Did the walls fall after the first circling? No. Did, did they fall after two, number two? No. Did they fall after three? Did they fall after four? No. Did they fall after five? Did they fall after six? How many people would have gotten discouraged and been ready to give up and quit? Some people I've met over the years, they're going to be discouraged and give up and quit after the first circle. And the wall hasn't come down. Other people, they're going to get discouraged after the second one, the third one. Well, I've done this three times now and it just, it just hasn't happened. And, and, and a lot of people, they'll go on and four, five, six, and they'll, and they'll circle it six times and they'll say, you know what? This just, this just isn't working. I don't know if God's in this at all. But what do they do? They stop on six. If you stop on six, what? The walls aren't going anywhere, are they? It's not until they made that seventh round, that seventh trip around and did these other things, but it was that seventh trip and then the walls fell. You see, you don't want to stop on six. That's a, that's a good, that's a good, that's good, isn't it? Don't stop on six. Don't stop one trip around short of your victory. And a lot of people do that. I've watched so many people do it over the years. And they, they just stop just short of, of reaping the reward that God has for them. They give up and quit. They stop on six. Don't stop on six. If these people of God would have stopped on six, 
the wall would have never fell. It would have stayed up there and they'd have been defeated. Don't stop on six. Now here's another one in 2 Kings, the fifth chapter. 2 Kings, the fifth chapter in the ninth verse. Says in Naaman went with his uh, horses and chariot. Now he, he was a leper. He was the commander of the Syrian army and he was a leper. It, you know what I mean by that? His skin was all eaten up with leprosy. And, um, and, and so this Naaman went with his horses. This is 2 Kings 5 9 and chariot and stood at the door of Elisha. Now he was a prophet of God. Stood at his, uh, Elisha's house and Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan. How many times? Seven times, seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over over the place and heal the leprosy. Well, God wasn't going to do it the way Naaman wanted it done, right? I mean, and Naaman was, he was offended here. He thought that the prophet of God, I mean, he was a commander of the Syrian army. The prophet of God ought to come out and pay him some due, but he didn't, you see. And, uh, uh, but, but, uh, he, he, he said, he just told him, he said, uh, and in fact, he just sent a, he sent his servant out, his messenger, and told him, go dip, go wash, dip seven times in, in, in the Jordan. And Naaman's upset. But look at verse 12. And then he said, Are not the Abna and the Parfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Why could I not wash in them and be clean? Well, because God didn't call those names. He, he said to Jordan, We need to obey God, don't we? So, they, so he turned and went away in rage. Think about that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped. Now, how many times did he dip? He dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Is that wonderful? But here's the point of the message. What if he had dipped? Now, he was, at first he wasn't going to dip at all. <laughs> but then he dipped once. Did he get clean on the first dip? No, you know where I'm going with this, but I'm going to go, go through it anyway in case there's anybody. I don't mean this ugly. I mean this humorous. In case there's somebody slow out there, I'm going to, you know what I mean? Slow. I'm going to, I don't mean that ugly, but you know, I'm going to go through this just so you get it. But you know where I'm going with it. What if he had dipped just one time? What if he got healed? What about on two? What about on three? Can anybody give me four? I feel like a bit. Give me five. I feel like an auctioneer up here. <laughs> That's what happens. Now, I'm a teacher of the Bible. but uh, I, And that anointing to teach is always there. But the, the anointing to preach only comes once in a while. You know, preach. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a different difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching line on line, precept upon precept. The anointing is on me to abide teaching. I can teach. I teach to my wife sometimes in the midnight hour. She'd get up for something and I'll just start teaching. You know, I, I teach all the time. There's an anointing on me to do that. But the anointing to preach only comes as the Holy Spirit wills. And so one time many years ago during an Easter service, this was about after five years of pastoring the church, I didn't want to teach the Easter message. I wanted to preach it. I want some excitement, you know. 
And, uh, and, and so I got up in the pulpit and I wasn't going to teach that day. I was going to preach. And so I preached and I went like a windmill and all that, you know, and, and the anointing wasn't there, you know. But I preached it anyway. I fought through the whole thing. And I'm standing at the door and this lady comes up to me and she said, she said, uh, <laughs> she said, you know, she said, uh, uh, there was no anointing on you there, <laughs> there today to, there today to preach. She said, I've heard you preach under the anointing. She said, now when you preach under the anointing, it's good. But she said, there was no anointing on you to preach there today. She said, uh, now, she said, when, when you preach and the anointing's not there, you sound like an auctioneer. <laughs> it was funny. I thought it was funny. So I learned the lesson. So I only preach when the anointing comes. But now when the anointing comes to preach, then it's, it's a good thing. It, it blesses the people. But, uh, but anyways, I don't know why I told you that story, but nonetheless... But anyway, so, so, uh, you know, the first dip, you don't get healed. Second, you know, two, three, four. What if he'd have quit after the fourth dip? What if he'd have quit after the fifth dip? What if he'd have quit after five? Uh, five? What if he'd have quit? And what's the title of my message? Don't stop on six. What if he'd have stopped on the sixth dip? He's still got the leprosy, doesn't he? How many people stop on six? How many people stop on six? They stop on, they stop one. One thing short. I, I heard a story I, I, years ago. I, I tried to find it on, on, on Google uh, to, for this message. I couldn't document it and verify it. So I don't know if this is true. So I heard this years ago. But there, so I don't, know, I don't know if this is true. So if it, it may be. But anyway, but it, the concept is, is, is good. But I heard that there was a, like a big oil company. And they were digging, they were drilling for oil. I heard this years ago. But they were, I, and I don't know, somewhere in the world they were, they, were, they were drilling for oil. And they had gone down so many thousand feet, you know. And they hit nothing, just dry, 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 dry. You know what I mean? And, 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 and they, they stopped and they just, they said, that's enough. And they, you know. Too much cost, it's just stopped. And so they, they close up, they'd been there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and, and so they, they, they left. And then some years later, another oil company came in because they had, they had done some, they had better ways to, you know, this, like maybe a decade or more later, they had better ways of determining the, the, the soil and all of that, whatever. And this other oil company comes in and they start digging they pick up in the hole that the other you know, uh, company had left a decade earlier, whatever. And they start digging. And I, now, I, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like one more foot, but it was like, like another 10 feet or something minimal. Wow. And they went, they all, all they had to do was go down about another 10 feet in an oil drill, and that ain't, that ain't much. But they only had to go like 10, 15, 20 more feet. And they went down there and they hit a massive, massive, multi-hundred million dollar gusher. So think of that first oil company. They, they stopped just, just that short of hitting the gusher. Isn't that something, you know? And so, so we need to think about that. And, and Naaman here, what if he'd have stopped on six? He, he'd have kept the leprosy the rest of his life. But he didn't stop on six. He went on into seven, bless God, and he... 
and he got his healing and he came up totally healed. Isn't that wonderful? And then there's another one, just a couple more of these. 1 Kings 18, here's another one. 1 Kings 18, verse 41. There had been a, a drought in the land. It had gone on for, what, three, three and a half years? You know, this over in Israel, you know, in 1 Kings 18, you know, and that drought came at the word of Elijah and all of that. And, uh, and so now that it was, it had gone on for about three, three and a half years, whatever it was, it was, it was coming to the end of that time, but still there was a drought. And nobody, see, we know it was three and a half years back there then. They didn't know how long it was going to go on. See, we look back, we have the luxury of looking back and we know it was three and a half years. They didn't know that. It had gone three and a half years and it, they had no idea that it could have gone on for a long, lot longer. You need to understand that. So there was a drought. There was a drought, an actual drought. But now I wonder how many people listening to me are going through a spiritual drought, a spiritual drought. And just things have become become dry and 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 just just stale and 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 all of that. You know, things will do that if you don't keep spiritual things will uh, become that way if you don't keep it stirred up. Did you know that? We got to keep ourselves stirred up, or we can become we can become dry and stale spiritually. We have to stay stirred up. And uh, but there was a drought. And look at First uh, Kings eighteen verse forty one. Then Elijah said to Ahab, "Go up, eat and drink." Now Ahab was the we just studied about Ahab not long ago. So uh, he was a king there at the time. And Elijah said to Ahab, "Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain." So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. (laughs) There's nothing. You ever felt like that? There's nothing. (laughs) I felt (laughs) there's nothing. (laughs) Nothing there. Nothing. And seven times. Now here, there it is. And seven times he said, go again. And it came to pass which time? The seventh time, the seventh time, see, don't stop on six. The seventh time he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain rain stops you. Glory to God. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds, wind, and there was heavy rain. Glory to God. But it was the uh, seventh time. I want to encourage you today. Don't stop looking. Don't stop looking. The servant went up. He looked one. He looked two. He looked three times. He looked four times. Nothing, 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 nothing. But on that what? On that seventh time. The point of the message, don't stop on six. Don't stop on six. So many people stop on six. You stop on six, you stay in the spiritual drought. Don't stop on six. Keep looking, keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. Can you say amen? Keep looking. And uh, and if you keep looking, glory to God, eventually the you'll hit a gusher. You will. You'll hit a gusher. You'll hit a spiritual gusher. You'll hit a you'll hit a natural gusher if you stay with God long enough. Glory to God. And uh, and so uh, somebody says, well, Pastor Terry, and I'm going to close the message with these thoughts. Somebody said, well, Pastor Terry, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't stop on six. 
I, 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 I've been, I've been, I've been in the, you know, the Bible says to fight the good fight of faith, right? The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this uh, age, spiritual wickedness in high places. And I've been in there fighting against the devil now, and I've gone one round with him, and he knocked me down. I'm two rounds, three, four, five, six rounds, and, 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 and I was going to stop on six, Pastor Terry, and I heard your message. I heard your message and not stop on six. And so I went back in again for round seven and, and I got hit right in the mouth and the devil knocked me down again. Uh, 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 what should I do, Pastor Terry? Well, I got a scripture for you and here it is. Proverbs twenty four sixteen. For a righteous person may fall seven times. And seven there means completion. Maybe you've been hit in the mouth, spiritually speaking, or naturally speaking, or however speaking, in your finances, in your health, in whatever it is. And, and you know, like Naaman, he was hit in his health, but he, went, he came up that sixth time, you know. We talked about that. I just feel impressed. There's somebody, you've been struggling out there with your health. But don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on the power of God. Don't stop on six. Continue to believe God. I tell you what, stand in faith. Continue on and your health will come. Glory to God. Amen. Your health will come. Somebody need to hear that either right now or you'll listen to somewhere down the road. And it'll, 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 it'll really bless you. It'll, it'll come alive to you. And the power of God will be there to heal you. But, you, you know, you know, maybe you've been, maybe, maybe you've been six rounds with the devil and you heard my message and you went out for round seven and he knocked you down again. What does the Bible say? A righteous person may fall seven times, but do what? Rise again. Say rise again. Rise again. Glory to God. Get, keep getting. Even if you, you don't stop on six and you go in seven and he knocks you down again, the devil knocks you down again, get back up. Glory to God. And keep on going. If you get knocked down seven to what does seven mean? You get knocked down every way possible, financially, health-wise, however, socially, with your family, whatever it is. You get knocked down seven times. Bless God, get back up and keep going. That's what a righteous person does. And don't give up and quit. And in the process of time, you will reap if you don't give up and quit. Look at Acts, the 14th chapter. Notice this. Look at Acts, the 14th chapter in the 19th verse. Remember Paul, the apostle? He went into Lystra and that man that was lame in his feet, he got healed. Remember that? And they persecuted him and, and, and all of that. I mean, in the, well, actually, some good things happened and the guy got healed. And I think if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to make God a God out of Paul. And, and he wouldn't let that happen. Praise God. He wouldn't accept the people's worship, if I'm remembering correctly and all of that. But, but the religious people got stirred up. You know, religious people don't like it when people get healed. Did you know that? I said religion. You know what I mean by that? People with a religious, an old nasty religious spirit, you know. And, and, and we see it all through the, the Bible. Religious people don't like it when the power of God moves. Religious people don't like that. You know what I mean? Stale. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm not talking about the religion of the Bible. I'm talking about, about the religion of the, that, that gets off on a lot of Christians I'm talking about. They get stale and, 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 and they become religious and religiosity. And we saw that with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They always, they didn't like it when Jesus healed people. How many remembers that? And, and so, um, uh, that's what happened to Paul here. This man got healed and, and all of that. And, and they come in and look at what happens here. These religious people, 
from, notice here in Acts 14, 19, Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there to Lystra and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Think about that. Now, if there was ever a good time in the Bible for somebody to give up and quit, this would have been it right here. And however, when the disciples gathered around him, thank God he had a good support group. They, they, they came around him and I, no doubt I think they prayed and all of that. I, I suppose they did and they gathered around him. But notice what Paul did. He got knocked down and notice what he did. He rose up, bless God, and he went back into the city. He rose up, he went right back into the ring, glory to God. And, and he didn't give up and quit. Like I said, if there was ever a time to give up and quit, it would have been right here. But he didn't give up and quit. He rose up and went right back into the city where they had just beat the tar out of him and stoned him. He got right back up and went right back into the ring. Can you say amen? He just went right back into the ring and uh, and so on and so forth. And he went on with the work of God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. That encourages me. Yeah. I've never been stoned and left for dead. I mean, I've never been stoned with alcohol. <laughs> right. But I sure, I sure have never been stoned in this way, where they took big rocks and, 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 and in fact, in fact, many Bible scholars believe that he was actually dead right here. And they believe this is very likely where he was caught up to the third heaven. It could be, I, but be, don't know for sure. But, but what I do know is he was in bad shape, wasn't he? Yeah. And he was serving God, wasn't he? He was right in the middle of the will of God. Miracles and signs and wonders taking place, but the religious people didn't like it, and he winds up getting stoned and left for dead. But he didn't become weary in well-doing. He didn't stop on six. Maybe, maybe, maybe he got up. Maybe this was the seventh time he went in the ring and he got knocked down, but he didn't stop there, did he? Because he was a righteous man. How are we righteous? By faith in Christ Jesus. And he went right on with the work of God. And that's what we all need to do. Glory to God. And you know, I'll close with this last thought. There was a man named Joshua. We started out talking about him today, you know, circling the city, you know. He was the leader of the Israelites and, and circling the Jericho. Remember that? Right after he had a great victory at Jericho, they went up against a little city named Ai. And the Israelites suffered a terrible defeat. And, and there was reasons for that. It had to do with the tithe and not honoring God and all of that. But without getting into that, uh, Joshua was having a pity party. He had such a great victory at Jericho and such a terrible defeat at Ai. And he was having a pity party. Has anybody ever had a pity party beside me? Well, I want you to know I can throw the best pity parties that there have ever been. And my wife will tell you so. Now, I don't throw them in public, do I? I don't throw them in public, but I've been known to throw a few good pity parties in private with just my wife in attendance. <laughs> and uh, I can do I can do them good. And uh, but Joshua was having a pity party. Can I throw a good pity party? Oh, I can do it. But I don't do it in public. <laughs> I do it in private sometimes, not all the time. But but he was having one of those pity parties, and he was laying down on his on his on his face. He was laying down. And he was, he was crying out to the Lord. And, and in fact, one thing he said, I feel impressed to say this. He, he said, Lord, he said, we should have just been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan River and just been content over there. You know what? 
I don't think we need to be content until we get into the full will of God and the full blessing that he has for us. Now, I see the people of God wanting to do this. Remember when they came out of Egypt? Remember what they told Moses? Well, we should have just been content because they run into some trouble out there in the desert. And he said, you know, no food. This, that, and the other. He, we should have just been, been content back there in Egypt. Well, think about that. What were the Israelites doing in Egypt? They were, they were in severe, terrible, hard bondage. Is that right? We don't want to ever get content in the middle of the devil's bondage, do we? And then, and then they, they came out there with Moses and they'd say that again and again. Well, we should have just been content to stay back there. We should have just been content to stay back there. And now you got Joshua, if you read the story, he, he told the Lord, we should have just been content to stay back on the other side of the Jordan. Well, if they'd have stayed on the other side of the Jordan, they would have never had that great victory at Jericho. Let's don't ever content, be content staying somewhere where God really doesn't want us to stay. I mean, I feel strong. Let's don't ever be content. Let's don't ever be content just staying somewhere where God really doesn't want us to stay. We needed to pass through that place, all right. But a lot of people can get real content, you know, and then they they take that next step of faith and then they run into a, a, a problem. And they say, we should have been content staying back there. Well, let's don't be content staying back there. Let's go ahead and take that next step of faith. And let's get out there. And I'll guarantee it to you, if you're doing what God's told you to do, it's going to look impossible. You're not going to be able to figure it out. You're not going to understand it all. And you're going to step out there and the devil's going to hit you on. But we don't stop on six and we don't even stop on seven. We just go right on and we're not going to be content. We're not going to give up and quit until we get the full will of God, no matter how long it takes and we're going to stay till the devil leaves can you say amen, amen. glory to God amen. glory to God amen. and so he's laying there on his face and he's having a pity party because they just had that defeated AI and I like I'll close with this with a close with this Joshua 710 it's a word that God had for Joshua and it's a word that God has for me. And it's a word that God has for everybody in this sanctuary. And it's a word that God has for everybody listening. And he said in Joshua 7.10, the Lord said to Joshua, here's what he said, get up. See, he'd been lying on his face, having a pity party. And God said, get up. And that's what I'm telling you all here today, that's what I'm telling myself. Get up. I'm telling you on social media, get up. Don't give up and quit. Don't stop on six and don't even stop on seven. Just get up. If you got knocked down, get up and just keep right on going. Bless God. And Joshua, you know what he did? He got up. He sought God. He, he saw why they had the defeat and, and he got to the bottom of it. God showed him and they corrected the thing and they went right on and they defeated AI and they went right on and had, had wonderful, wonderful, wonderful victories after that. And they went right on into the promised land. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Did you get anything out of this today? Don't stop on six and don't even stop on seven. And don't stop on eight, don't stop on nine. I like what one good preacher said. He, he says, we don't play nine inning games. We play till we win, glory to God. So don't stop on nine, don't, don't stop on ten, just got to go into extra innings. You know, a lot of times when you're serving God, you got to go into extra innings. But bless God, we don't, we, in, in, you know, in, in serving God, we don't stop, bless God, until we win. Can you say amen to that?
Well, I hope this encouraged me. I don't know. I guess it encouraged you. Hey, if you're out there today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to encourage you to receive him today. You know, there really is a heaven to gain. There really is a hell to shun. And the only way you're going to miss hell and make heaven is you have to repent of your sins truly from your heart. And you need to, from your heart, call out to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. So call out to him today. You'll be glad you did. And uh, he'll make your life, not only will you get saved and miss hell when you die and go to heaven and all that, that's wonderful, but he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Glory to God. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.